You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. Going to talk a little bit about some news breaking last night, the BYU Football Media Day, which was originally scheduled to be taking place a week from yesterday, has been postponed. Might that be a sign that the college football season is in peril? We'll debate that on today's show. We'll also get to our player countdown series. The best Cougar to have worn the number 51 is who we'll talk about today and also catch up on everything else going on BYU sports news like we usually do. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA. We'll tell you a little bit about them and what they're offering our listeners here in just a little bit. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 14th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for The Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars on the Locked On Cougars podcast. A reminder for you guys that this podcast is available everywhere you can find podcasts. So wherever you download your shows, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode as we talk BYU sports daily. Our aim here is to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about as well as insider information that you will not find anywhere else as well. And a big thank you for your continued support of this podcast. We are now just 51 days away from BYU supposedly kicking off their college football season, but that looks very much up in the air at this point. Yesterday, actually late last night, late yesterday evening, an email sent out from BYU Sports um, PR or BYU Sports Information announcing that the virtual BYU Football Media Day, which was scheduled for next Monday, July 20th, has been postponed until further notice. A future date for the event will be announced once determined, according to the release. The reasoning, here you go, here's quote, the virtual media was originally to be scheduled to be take place before BYU was slated to begin its two-week period of 20 hours of countable athletically related activities with coaches on July 21st. With the recent conference announcements impacting BYU's season opening schedule, the timing to begin required activities with coaches has also been altered per NCAA-approved timetables based on the date of a team's first scheduled game. Until related determinations are made for the start of the season and required activities, BYU student-athletes will continue to conduct voluntary workouts to prepare for the season, unquote. That coming from BYU Sports Information uh, and Brett Pine, their lead guy for BYU football. And that's disappointing to say the least. Uh, So I'll break it down for you in English. Essentially, because of the Pac-12 and the Big Ten deciding they're going to a conference game-only schedule for the coming season, BYU's first four games in September, originally scheduled to play Utah 51 days away from today, then have a game, their home opener against Michigan State, and then road games at Arizona State and Minnesota to finish out the month, have all been canceled. So as such, BYU currently doesn't have a game scheduled until early October, which would mean they're not able to start up their workout period currently until what, mid-August? And man, it's disappointing. But I understand why BYU is doing this because they were trying to really uh, time things out, have media day, then start off with their six-week plan to build back up towards the college football season. But with this announcement, it shows that very things are very much up in the air. No other announcements so far from other conferences regarding conference-only schedules, but BYU, by and, far, by and large, has been the hardest hit by the announcements late last week from the Big Ten and the Pac-12, losing five of their scheduled 12 games. 
I would expect that BYU is very much in negotiations to see if they can get games back on the schedule. I don't really have any idea of who they're talking to. I'm doing some digging on that. I'll be talking to some hashtag sources to get some more information on that, if at all possible. But you look at this, and it just means that there might be another sign that the college football season very much is in flux at this point. Would I like to have been able to come on here and say, you know what, BYU is going to be just fine? Absolutely. I've been trying to stay positive throughout all of this, and it just looks like who knows when we're going to have college football back in our lives at this point. And speaking of BYU in specific, well, currently it's not until early October as it stands with the seven games they currently have scheduled. Uh, Could they go out and schedule some games against fellow independents? Sure. Could they uh, plead, beg, and ask the Mountain West Conference nicely to help them schedule some games, at least in September? Sure. But I'm expecting that the other conferences, both of the P5 level, speaking of the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, to announce they're probably going to a conference game-only schedule. And that should be shortly followed by, I think, with a bunch of the G5 programs. And I'm not the only one that's really thinking that college football, is. this is just a step towards the season very, being very much in peril. Take it from Matt Brown, a guy who I have known for a long time, does a great job covering college football, now working with the intercollegiate.com, also has his Extra Points newsletter. If you haven't subscribed to that, I would encourage you guys to do so. He's a guy who's been on this podcast in the past. He joined my radio show earlier yesterday and had a great conversation with DJ and PK in the morning. Well, here's his thought on why the conference game only scheduling is going to actually be a precursor to something worse coming down the pipe. To be completely honest with you, I think everyone's going to go conference only as a step towards eventually canceling or postponing this football season. A lot of the factors that have to go into place here with student safety, coach safety, staffer safety, we're not really any closer to getting good answers there than we were back in May. And this is a kind of Hail Mary desperation step to try and salvage football rather than anything that I think should give people particular confidence. There you go, Matt Brown from the Intercollegiate and Extra Points Points podcast as well as Extra points newsletter excuse me and man it's hard to argue with his reasoning there because i think he's right i think a lot of these administrators this is kind of a last ditch effort to hopefully have college football in some form or fashion we saw the junior college ranks announced yesterday that all activities speaking of sports including football will be moved to the spring of 2021 rather than being played this fall our interview yesterday with uh with ropati uh hinkley ropati excuse me uh, he mentioned the fact, you know what, it's very much changed things for me because he may try and get to BYU as soon as this fall because of the season being moved to the spring. But, I, man, I just look at this, and it doesn't look good for college football. There's no doubt about it. It just looks like the college football season is going to be something that may never be seen before and never be seen again uh, when it happens, if it happens, and Who knows what format it's going to look like. Could teams play conference games only at different uh, batches in terms of, let's say, the Mountain West Conference plays eight conference games. The Pac-12 plays nine. The Big Ten saying they want to go with ten games across a conference-only schedule. It's going to be haphazard at best, but I think that I'm afraid that Matt Brown, I think, has a better feel for what might be going on here than most of us. And I'm not trying to say that I've had my head stuck in the sand. I've been trying to say, you know what? College football is happening. Honestly, at this point, I will take any college football I can get. If BYU has to go out and schedule the likes of, let's say, a Dixie State, a Weber State, maybe put together a regional schedule or you have Utah State on the schedule out of the Mountain West, essentially you make bus trip games out of it. 
do so. I think that the biggest thing is that you need to have games, if at all possible. The one positive about all of this, and we need to dig into this a little bit further at some point, and I'll talk to some people and see if I can get some more comment on this, but BYU, I think, is actually in a better financial position to weather a potential cancellation of an entire college football season than the vast majority of the rest of FBS football. I'll explain that. It's probably a topic for another podcast where we can delve into it a little deeper. Maybe we'll get to that on tomorrow's podcast. But I do think BYU is actually in a pretty advantageous position to weather this storm. The sad news is the official announcement coming out yesterday that college football media day, or BYU football media day, sorry, not college football media day, BYU football media day has been canceled or not canceled, postponed, but postponed indefinitely, which makes me think that there is no clue on the part of BYU of when the season ultimately is going to kick off and when they might have media day and begin preparations for the season. I don't think BYU is the only program very much in upheaval right now. And it just, it, it's disappointing. There's no doubt about it. You look at it and you're like, man, that means college football might not come back until 2021. <sighs> Anybody who tells you that they know what's going to happen at this point, they're guessing. They're guessing just right along with the rest of us, and we're going to see what happens. But the news coming out yesterday that BYU deciding, you know what, we need to hold off on media day and our preparations for the upcoming season. And we'll be sure to bring you anything that we learn more about this in coming days. Like I said, I'm going to start talking to some people around the program and try and get a feel for what's going on. But it doesn't look good on the surface, that's for sure, speaking of BYU football and the upcoming season. All right, coming up here in just a second, we're going to talk about the best Cougar of the war, the number 51 in a BYU uniform. Some great candidates, all football players in today's uh, finalist group. We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, need to take a minute today, guys, and tell you about our good friends at Biomat USA. Biomat USA is a plasma resource center in Orem, Utah, that is in critical, urgent need of your guys' donations currently. What I love about Biomat is it's a win-win scenario for all parties involved with this donation. They need your donations more than ever because they are putting their donations into all kinds of life-saving technology, serums, uh, all kinds of different things, medicines, that type of stuff. But more importantly, their parent company, Griffles, who Biomat is contracted with, is actually on the forefront of looking into how plasma from people who have recovered from COVID-19 or suspect they've recovered from COVID-19 can help fight this disease. The antibodies in your plasma, they call it convalescent plasma, which means you've recovered from the disease, might hold the secrets to creating a vaccine and helping out other people avoid getting this virus. There's a, like I said, there's a critical, urgent need for people to go and donate. And the best part is, like I said, it's a win-win scenario for all parties involved. All people who, all, all of you who donate with our good friends at Biomat USA, you get paid for your donations. The more you donate in a month, the more money you make. So if you need to make some extra cash, this is an opportunity to do so. They are located at 349 East University Parkway, right across from the University Mall. If you know where the Sizzler is at, the Big Five Sporting Goods, behind them I think is the Best Buy right in that area, you know exactly where I'm talking about. So stop on by, donate your plasma, make yourself some extra cash, and help out your fellow man. You can give them a call if you have more questions about this, 801-235-9800. That's 801-235-9800. That's our good friends at Biomat USA, proud partners with us here on Locked on Cougars. All right, guys, our player countdown series rolls on here on the podcast. I'd like to say we're counting down to BYU and Utah kicking off the season, but as we just talked about, college football season very much in peril, but I'm still doing this countdown. 
I enjoy doing it. I've had multiple people out there who listen to this podcast religiously say that they enjoy it. It's a fun thing to kind of go back down that rabbit hole of some of the great BYU players of the past and reminisce on their careers. Most of us can remember players who stood out to us throughout our time as BYU fans. And that's the fun part about this is you look at it and you know what? You learn, you remember these guys at their best and it's fun to kind of look back on them and debate who is the best Cougar to warn that respective number. And today it brings us to number 51. One. Our finalists today actually were all football players. We had a former BYU defensive lineman, John Ross, former BYU linebacker, Lad Akeo, fellow BYU former linebacker, Justin Lukerot, and another linebacker slash defensive end in Danny Frazier, uh, who made up the finalist list. And Danny Frazier is a name that you may remember, but more so for what he's done outside of football. Frazier was a great player for BYU in the late 1970s, played in 1977 and 1978. Six foot six, 250 pounds, looked every bit, if you read the stories about him, the part of a guy who was going to go on to NFL stardom. And then he went out and broke his neck in a game against Texas A&M in 1978, ending his career. Uh, went on to actually now become a lawyer. He's a lawyer here in the state of Utah. His son, Jamison Frazier, played for BYU in the 2000s and Really crazy story all the way around because looked like a guy who was on his way to stardom. And why did I put him as a finalist on here? Because of the potential. I've had some other guys in this countdown who are the so-called one-hit wonders. Frazier might fit that bill as one of those guys who could have been a standout player for the Cougars, could have been a guy that could have been an all-timer, had his career played out to fruition. But hey, as it goes, sometimes that's what happens. Our other finalists in this, like I said, John Ross, a great defensive lineman for BYU. Uh, Really just a monster. In two seasons as a junior college transfer out of Ricks College, racked up 91 tackles, 7 sacks, 11 tackles for loss. He was named an honorable mention All-American as a senior. Also, Justin Luke wrote a junior college transfer in his own right, 98 tackles, 7 sacks, 14 tackles for loss, as well as 3 interceptions in 2004 and 2005. And then Latikeo, in terms of the overall production, 134 tackles, two sacks, three tackles, six pass breakups, and an interception from 1984 to 1986. Our fan vote on this actually was fairly close, I thought, early on, but then it ran away in favor of John Ross. Ross uh, leading with just a few hours left on this as of recording, 48.8% of the vote. Justin Luke wrote in second place with 23.3%. A number of you remembering Danny Frazier and his potential in, fourth, in third place, excuse me, with 18.6%, and Latikeo bringing up the rear with 9.3%. I have a hard time disagreeing with you because John Ross, I loved watching this guy play in the mid-1990s. The 90s for me and the early 2000s are my huge reference point of where my favorite players from the great eras of BYU football, in my mind, come from. That's when I was in elementary school, on through high school, and Watching all these guys play in BYU uniforms, they were, in some cases, superhuman, it felt like to me. And John Ross absolutely is a guy I feel like deserves this honor today. So we're going to take John Ross as the best Cougar to win the number 51 in a BYU uniform. Like I said, a transfer from Rick's College, came in and was just an instant impact guy. He was the consummate uh, junior college transfer because a lot of the junior college transfers, they come in and you're hoping, okay, Hopefully they translate because they've only got a limited time at the Division I level. Most of them have played two years already at the junior college level. They've got maybe a redshirt year and an additional two years of eligibility. 
but you hope that you only have them for the two years that they come in and have an impact. And that's what John Ross did. And to his credit, also Justin Lucaro. I would like to pick Danny Frazier. I just don't feel like the production was there. Like I said, I'm pure potential. Danny Frazier is probably the pick today because he was just a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Really just, man, you read up on what he was doing before that broken neck ended his career prematurely. This was a guy that had every uh, box, quote-unquote, checked of what you wanted to see in an NFL player. Like I said, it had the size, 6'6", 250 pounds, ran like a deer, gazelle, whatever you want to describe it as, and looked like he was on his way to stardom. But unfortunately, his career ended early. He's gone on to great success, no doubt. Served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Went on to found a law firm. Has been very successful in that in that field. And like I said, his son Jameson ended up playing for BYU and having a pretty solid career in his own right. So things have worked out for him. But today, our honoree is John Ross, is the best Cougar to have worn the number 51. And you like to see guys like this who come in and have a junior college impact just right out the gate. Uh, Ricks used to be the kind of hidden gem for BYU football. It'd be nice to see a place like Snow College get that opportunity to become that once again. But in this day and age of recruiting, you can't hide guys like BYU did once upon a time. And I'm not saying hide guys, but guys would go up to Ricks College at the direction of BYU's coaching staff. And they would say, hey, go up there to Ricks, play in Rexburg for a couple of years, get your grades in order, graduate with your associate's degree, and then come on down here to BYU. We know what you can do. You'll get the right training up there. We know the coaching staff up there in Rexburg. They'll get you in shape and get you ready to to contribute and the guys would come to BYU a step ahead in this day and age film is out there too many coaches have too much access it feels like to see guys so hiding a guy at the junior college level even if it would be nice to say you know what snow college is that little uh, place in Ephraim that BYU can stick guys well you know what snow college they stand out because they're a top level junior college program they produce prodigious talent year in and year out and Gone are the days of BYU really having that backbone of having a junior college program as their pseudo uh, JV or, I guess, feeder program. And it'd be nice to have something like that. But like I said, in this day and age, it just doesn't exist. But John Ross today is our favorite Cougar, the best Cougar of everyone in the number 51. But all these guys, Latikeo, Justin Lucarote, and Danny Frazier, all of them deserving of consideration as a finalist on today's list. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll wrap things up on today's podcast. Some thoughts on a brand new hire for the BYU Cougar Club. What can go differently for BYU's top booster club or their official booster club? We'll discuss that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, I've talked to you guys about this. I've got some BYU Nike gear that I've acquired over the past little bit, and I want to hook you guys up. What I'm going to require you guys to do to be part of that is to give us a rating and review, particularly if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us a sentence or two in the message box or the comments box of what you like about the podcast, what can be improved, whatever you want. Leave us a thought, and you'll be entered into this giveaway. We're going to start giving away stuff. I think weekly is kind of what we'll do. Uh, We'll have a drawing. I'll put in a random uh, generator, put all the names in, and it'll pop one out and that's who gets to win the gear and I'll put up some pictures on social media later this week of some of the gear that we're going to be giving away 
All of it, for the most part, is Nike gear. There might be a few other assorted pieces in there, but it should be fun. I hope you guys are excited for it. A big thank you to all of you who have sent in messages already, left those reviews and those ratings. It really does help build the audience of the podcast, and I'm doing my part by paying you guys back for helping us out. So if you haven't done so already, make sure to get your rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you like about the podcast and leave us a five-star rating, and we'll start giving away that BYU gear here in the next little bit as we get closer and closer to hopefully a college football season. So a big thank you in advance for doing so and your support of the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, guys, as we close out today's podcast, wanted to take a minute and note that a new director of the Cougar Club has been hired at BYU, released going out yesterday. And Greg Vahar has been named by BYU Associate Athletic Director for Development, Chad Lewis, as the new director of the Cougar Club. Uh, Vahar has spent the last 20 years as the associate director of the Cougar Club, working under longtime director Mike Middleton. So he's going to be very familiar with what's going on with the Cougar Club, the inner workings of it. My biggest issue with this is, is Greg Vahar going to be the answer that gets the Cougar Club really kind of rolling? The Cougar Club for so long has been a, uh, man, frankly, it's been underwhelming in terms of its ability to fundraise, I feel like. There are a lot of big-time donors to it who I've talked to in the past couple of of years who have said, you know what, Jake, it's just not worth it to me to donate this money. I know that donating the money to the Cougar Club, I'm speaking to these people who have told me this, this is from a myriad of conversations, gives me priority to, to my tickets for college football with BYU, also to the basketball games down there at the Marriott Center. But the other don't, the other situation is that I don't feel like I'm getting the bang for my buck being a part of this booster club. Can Vahar get the Cougar Club really rolling here? I think he has his work cut out for him. There's no doubt about that. I'd like to see the Cougar Club become a bigger part of BYU athletics. You see other booster clubs around the country. They are the biggest, baddest, and most important thing on campus almost outside of the head coach of the football program, it feels like. But BYU, they need to unlock this somehow. I think Vahar, like I said, his familiarity with the Cougar Club already will give him a leg up on trying to get things going. Maybe he has some ideas from the past 20 years looking at what Mike Middleton did that he can try to implement now as he runs the ship rather than being the first lieutenant under Mike Middleton. But the biggest thing is I think the Cougar Club, it can have a bigger impact than it's already having. The key is to get people on board with it. I think you're going to have to allow more access for Cougar Club members if you want more people to donate more money to it, if that makes sense. Uh, BYU, notorious about keeping the reins tight and controlling the message with the media, with the Cougar Club. They want to make sure that they have their hand on the reins at all times. Well, you may need to loosen those reins just a little bit if you want to see more money flowing into the athletic department, particularly through the Cougar Club. Can Vahar get things going here? We're going to find out. But I wish Greg the best as he moves forward here. I'd be happy to have him on the podcast at some point. I'll try and see if I can get some contact information for him and to kind of hear more about what his vision is for the Cougar Club going forward as he takes over control of the booster uh, club for BYU. But I think the nice part is it looks like Chad Lewis is overseeing this. Chad understands the benefit of what boosters can do for a college football program. So maybe he can be a part of this and really help unlock things for the Cougars going forward as well. Like I said, there, there are so many question marks with regards to what the Cougar club could be and what it can do, etc. 
the issue is can they get it going here or is it too late? In 2020, do other people have already too many different avenues that they feel like, you know what, it's not worth it for me to be part of this booster club. I can do other things outside of it and work around it rather than working through it. We're going to find out. And I wish, like I said, Greg, nothing but the best as he takes over as the new director of the Cougar Club. And hey, we'll see what happens. I think that it could be a big time benefit to the Cougars, but it's a matter of them making it a priority for all parties involved. The boosters themselves, uh, members of the Cougar Club staff, as well as BYU Athletic Administration, allowing the Cougar Club to really, I think, get things going here. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. A big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. I love talking BYU sports. It's a nice resource for me to kind of get my thoughts off my chest each and every day as I'm reading all of these stories and I've got opinions, I've got thoughts about them. So hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy bringing it to you each and every day. Make sure to hit that subscriber follow button on whichever podcast provider you get your podcasts on. Also make sure to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can search us out at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you so desire to follow me, there is at Jacob C. Hatch, the handle, and also email the show anytime you want by emailing us LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Hope you guys are all having a great Tuesday whenever you hear this. I hope you guys have a great day overall, and we'll be back with you guys again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 14th, 2020. We will catch you tomorrow.